Let me tell you about a man that I have met. They call him Captain or Wizard, don't forget. CJ Morgan's his name and he wanted to start a show. So we did. Now you're listening to him on that dang old radio. I just got off the phone with my pop, Matt. You have, have you seen about this? You heard about this? Your father's? Uh, yes. These, these wildfires that oh. are happening up in the panhandle. Yeah. It is nuts. I really dug into it last night. Uh, and now, you know what's nice is my Twitter feed has now turned to just videos of the wildfire instead of like, Elon said this, which all Elon says is, wow, interesting, looking into it. Uh, but the algorithm took over quick, and I was just obsessed with it. I like it. I, Amarillo has been up there in a the panel for a long time and overlooked as a part of Texas. They finally looked at Dallas and said, y'all don't want this smoke, and literally covered Dallas in smoke. Gave them smoke, but uh, I, I got a phone with my dad. They're about 15 miles away from one of the edges of it. Now, there are a lot of fires that have spread. It started around Lake Meredith, which I used to go to as a kid a lot, and it blew all the way my dad said winds were about 70 miles an hour yesterday. It was 0% contained. It blew from the panhandle of Amarillo all the way into Oklahoma, like near the Osage Reservation. Um, they are abandoning, like, Pampa and Borger are pretty decent-sized towns in mm. uh, in the panhandle. In the panhandle, okay. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're close to 50, 75,000 people. They're, that's... That's a lot of people. That I know that you grew up in Amarillo. Yeah. I'm going to give you a pass here. Okay, okay. I grew okay. up in, in Houston, a city of four and a half million people. So sure, sure, but it's uh, it's an insane large fire, and I just was watching. The, dude, there there are people going and cutting fences because there's nothing you can do with livestock. Well, that's what they're they're trying to do anything they can to allow the livestock to try to, to escape run. the path. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's it's just insane, and it made me think of uh, you know, one how just fragile. Texas is, um, but you know, my dad was telling me that the cold front came in yesterday because he's been watching it. There again, they're at the very tip of the Dumas Highway. The fires were heading that way; it changed direction. So, right. and I'm not worried if they if they have to leave and our house, my childhood home, burns down. It just means it's a lot less crap out of three sheds I have to sort through when they die. Well, did the Plus winds would have fully payment. changed direction yesterday, right? Well, they did when the cold front came in. But what he said is when it changed. The smoke came through, and he said it looked like an eerie, snowy fog because there were flakes of ashes coming through. Yeah, plus fog. He's like, I couldn't see the street from uh, the front of the house, and it just stinks. And you know, it reminded me of when we had the uh, Bastrop fires here. Now it wasn't just Bastrop; it was all around Austin. But I lived near Mary Seawright Park, which also went up at the time, and we were in my front yard, and it started looking like it was snowing. Because of the ash and stuff coming down. And this is just, uh, it's now the second largest wildfire to ever happen in Texas. And I'm thinking this weekend, I'm going to, I want to make a road trip up there. I want to go, I want to go help mom, pa. Yeah, yeah. Get the, get the house. Well, that's definitely what out. the people that area need are a couple of gawkers from the city coming up there. <laughs> How y'all doing? Hi, <laughs> heard y'all had a fire. Can I heard I? your house in Borger burnt down, y'all. I won't be here long. Just need to get grab a couple of. Co- I need to get some content, y'all, for the gram. I need to. I need to grab some Legos and Hot Wheels out of my parents' shed. <laughs> I'm so glad that we haven't had any big uh, fires here. I mean, aside from the fact that I don't want people to suffer the damage, but you know my wife well enough to know that 
whatever weekend plan she has for me and the kids, she's not canceling for a fire or ash coming out of the sky. Yeah, yeah. That'd be like, it'd be like, do whatever you do, do not leave your house. Your lungs will die. And she'd be like, but we're still but going we to the strawberry yet. patch, yeah, right? Yeah. We're gonna- it's like, no, the apocalypse is happening. Uh, you did bring up something interesting, though, about the gawkers driving and looking there. And uh, yeah, that's very important. When it comes to natural disasters, um, you're probably not wanted. The infrastructure, everything's already wrecked. I remember having a friend. She's very sweet, but she was raising money and people when the when Hurricane Harvey happened. She's like, we're going to gather gather as much bottled water, and we're going to rent a U-Haul, and we're all going to drive down there, and we're going right. to help. And I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. Like, do not do the one. People are trying to get out. There's not like a, there's not enough to take care of the people there, and also don't ever donate and raise bottles of water, individual bottles of water are the worst thing you can raise and donate when it's disasters. They don't hold up well. They're very heavy. They're hard to transport. Like, that is a terrible idea. Everybody knows if you're in a disaster zone, you don't need water bottles. You need water balloons. Put out the fire. The bigger, the better. You've heard about making money selling your body parts. Well, this is probably the oldest grift in the book. Happy Tooth Fairy Day, everyone. That's right, it is Tooth Fairy Day, where we celebrate the mysterious figure that leaves coins under our pillows whenever we uh, whenever we lose a, uh, a tooth. And I was looking into this, like, why why the Tooth Fairy? That seems to be one of the weirder traditions. Some of the other ones I kind of get. I mean, a bunny on Easter, when it's about Jesus. Also, isn't Easter supposed to be the bigger holiday than Christmas? Yet, we make Christmas, like, the... The resurrection's supposed to be the celebration, not the birth as much, well, right? Kind of a mistake that the uh, OG Christian church made was in order to get a lot of the pagans, which was the majority of Europe. They mixed holidays. To get on board, yeah, yeah. they started mixing elements so that if you were a pagan, you'd still it'd be like, hey, this is still fun. But it turned out that the pagans were onto something back then, and that's that they kind of had more fun on their holidays. Yeah, it's rabbits, like it, trees, gifts, what have you. It's like in uh, Austin, whenever they had. Uh, they were planning Aquafest, but in South Austin, they had Spamarama, um, and to actually make it into one thing, they actually combined the two into what is now ACL Fest. So that's how that event was so successful. <laughs> I didn't know to, what you, you were doing, whole city. but I am, and I'm not going to correct you because I'm hoping we can start the rumor that that Spamarama and Aquafest Aqua combined to become ACL. Yeah, I love it. absolutely. But uh, how did the Tooth Fairy, this bizarre holiday, get started? Well, because back in the day... A dental advertisement company used Ooh, uh, a little fairy. Yeah, thank you. Uh, used a, essentially fairy as the, you know, on the toothpaste bottles, a little, uh, a little like you know, pixie fairy, like hey, brush your teeth, kids. And then kids like that kind of. It stuff. became so popular that that kind of became the uh, the part of pushing for dental health for kids and stuff like that was to use fairies. So at some point, it became. To where there's a when they lose a tooth, which I don't know what the moral behind that is, is you save your tooth. You got to make sure to pull it out or let mom and dad know. But it turned into you get a coin or a dollar, whatever, under your bed. You are the only person I know with two young kids. What what is the going rate? I don't want to talk about the mistake my wife made because she listens and she is going to take this to heart. And we've already had the discussion and I've moved on. It's not a big deal. Well, I I want to know because when when I was younger, my dad was pretty. My dad did a good thing. 
he got like silver dollars or two dollar bills. You so you you didn't get a large sum of money, but you got it a unique. Cool. You got it. it it was Susan cool. B. Anthony dollars or Sacagawea dollars, something or like 50 that. Fifty cent piece. Yeah, they were they were cool because they were unusual money, and that's the going rate. Unfortunately, I think your dumbass si- wife. I think on the third tooth or something, my wife who uh, <clears throat> knows the fairy. Okay. A lot of people don't know this. Kids don't know this, but a lot of times you have to leave the stuff out so that the fairy can go get the tooth. Oh, see I what see. I'm doing here? I see, yeah. And uh, here was the issue. My wife just decided I was uh, out of town, and my wife just decided that a $20 bill would be fine. And I explained to her, honey, if your boss suddenly told you you're going to take a, oh, I don't know, uh, let's say a 90% pay cut, would you be happy about quarter. that? Yeah. I was like, so we, you've now established a $20 a tooth relationship. So that means it means my kids have. It, it means my kids picked up hammers and started knocking out teeth. And your little mutant babies have like 50, 60 teeth. I don't like their mouths are filled dead. Yeah, 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 dude. That, that I smoked sucks. too much when I was a kid. I feel I feel terrible for that because yeah, the, I'm glad you got the grift, which is a cool, unique coin or dollar bill, not one you get every day. Here's why I feel bad for like my youngest, is that sometimes your parenting, you just get exhausted parenting, and my kid has accepted that. The tooth fairy just stopped showing. <laughs> just oh, he, so. he buried one tooth for like a week and a half under the pillow, and we kept saying, it "Started well, you to know, grow a colony." We were like, "Well, because of COVID, things are delayed." <laughs> like we tried <laughs> so many things, but we oh, were just like, man. "There was no cash in the house during COVID." You know what I mean? Sure. And, after and you were going to the bank, and then at some point, I remember him saying, "Venmo from the tooth fairy," and it's a little emoji. Well, I remember he lost another tooth, and I was like, "Remember, you got to put that under your pillow." So the tooth fairy will come, and he goes. I don't know. A tooth fairy never came for the last pill- for the last tooth, and I was like, "What? Oh, we forgot!" Dang. <laughs> you want your kids to listen to you, but maybe they can't anymore. It's time for parent pickup. Welcome back, Matt. Uh, let's educate some parents, some family, some friends, and even me on the parent pickup. That's right. Uh, University of Michigan Health Scientists and the Children's Half Hospital National Poll of Children's Health of uh, polled the nation. And it turns out, uh, guess what? We are doing some huge damage to our kids that we don't necessarily even realize it. Um, it's a status symbol everywhere, but we now, it's just accepted that kids wear headphones. Uh, being a music listen to, or a longtime headphone. Love, love that sentence structure, but and, yeah, and a radio. Or yeah. my my ears are so messed up. My, dude. Mine are shot. There are sounds I cannot hear. Mine are sad. shot. And um, we, we when you think about it, when you think about the age you started wearing headphones at a regular uh, rate, it turns out kids are wearing them at a younger and younger and younger rate. Now and those are headphones. When we wore headphones, they weren't that great. Right. Uh, the headphones now go inside your ear yeah, and, and I didn't encompass know this. all Here's sound. Here's I didn't know. I, I feel like I'm a good parent because, hey, hey, my like my daughter has earbuds, but I've talked to her about sound levels and how it's affected me, and uh, and that should be enough, right? What I didn't know is that children have narrower ear holes, which I think is how medicine describes it. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know medicine. I meant to say doctors. That's how bad we both are at what we do. Uh, it turns out that what we would consider to be, say, a 5 on a scale of 10, 
of music. It's a lot louder for them. It's like a seven yeah. for them. So even though you look at your kids and you go, oh, well, it's, all, it's not turned up that loud if I look at her phone, it is much louder in the ear perception because you have these tiny little hairs in there and you're damaging them. My ears are hurting right now talking about this. Well, you know, you and I wear headphones all day for work. And yeah. uh, I like like now, right now, I, I work two shows. It turns out that I have burned out the section of my hearing that is the human voice. I can hear music just fine because I am not on music shows mainly. I do talk. But as a result, I can't hear the human voice. I can't hear people talking to me. Yeah, I, have to I don't watch listen their to the lips. show either. It is bad. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, there it's, it's very hard for me. I noticed that when I've been like I've I've been playing with uh, deconstructing music and learning that like oh I don't hear that sound in this song. And I don't think mine's from headphones as much. Like now I listen to earbuds constantly or, or, you know, our nice radio headphones. But when I was younger, I mean, my dad had those big ass, you know, Pioneer, Sirwin Vega speakers. I do now in my car. I've always listened to music very, very loud. Like I want to feel the subwoofer of it. And it's just like wrecked my ears and it's making it worse because, again, I have earbuds in all day, but I couldn't imagine Doing that as a well, kid. You'd be shocked at what, what what researchers say is a safe level. They say 70 decibels. I happen to be doing some soundproofing on my car right now. As a result, I've had a sound meter in my car so I can see what the decibel level is as I'm adding the soundproofing. The sound inside of my car when I'm on the road with no radio on or anything so the, is 73 decibels. So the sex workers can't scream yes. when you're strangling yeah. them? I just watched a serial killer documentary okay, yeah, about that. Put that on me. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I'm yeah, sorry. That's kind I of dark. It's for Wednesday. clarification, I literally just watched the Long Island killer thing, so or listened to. Anyhow. The the decibel level is seventy three just in my car. So it's supposed to be quieter than me just driving in my car with no noise. Now I'm usually playing really loud music, which isn't helping. Do you ever anybody. have tinnitus? Do you ever uh, have that yes. ringing? Yes. And is is it? Tinnitus or tinnitus? Because I, I, I hear care. it pronounced both ways, and I would desperately, and I was hoping you were going to clue me in and say, oh, I this d- is how it's done. I don't know the details. Mm. So, a couple of uh, specialists have also said that you should really lean into something called the 60 60 rule. And that is that um, no kid should be listening to audio more than 60 minutes in a day, and that's at 60% of the maximum volume, which is around that, what I was saying, 70 decibel level. Yeah. So the sixty sixty rule, I, I know for a fact that I am now, a, it makes me feel like a terrible parent. I've, I, there's no way. My daughter's listening to music three, four, five hours a day. I know. Well, that's, that's what you do when you're, when you're her age, when I you're like middle school, high school. I think it's the that my daughter is so into music I and albums. I, and, and I've been encouraging it, and now it turns out that she's going to be. All these times the that I'm just like, I don't think you're listening to your mother or I, it turns out maybe she's trying to and just can't now, is if you get some better headphones like the ones that encompass your ear but are like the Bose Bluetooth that are made for music are those better for you no they're worse because you can turn them up louder yeah um i got a parent tip a parent pickup tip um if you do you control your kids phones uh, I kind I mean, definitely what they're watching and what access they have to apps and things. In the health app in your iPhone, if you have that, um, there's a setting to where you can, the phone will let you know when you've reached a maximum or dangerous volume level. So you can program that. Right. And the, uh, my last tip is just to uh, get her some big ass Sir Winvaker speakers so she doesn't have to listen to music on headphones at all. Just can rumble upstairs. Just some giant towers so she can listen to 80s hair yeah, metal. Yeah, dude. Get, right. it, get the tape deck, the amplifier, the 
the right. entire stack. Austin has had it with the food influencers. All week long, I've been delightfully looking at the internet and watching people uh, turn on some of the most popular food influencers in, in our very city. I, I went at it with a music influencer once because, and unfortunately, I did not win that battle. This person has too many fans and friends, and they're all that kind of like really light. Like, life's just fun. Like, just chill. Why can't you, like, but this influencer was getting paid to cover like concerts and wasn't disclosing that they were getting paid. She was using her large amount of following, and I kind of made like a hack, called her a hag, and, and said that, but it it doesn't matter. I because then I just looked like the grumpy old guy shaking right. my fist. But I love it when the whole city of Austin is the grumpy old guy shaking well, explain, the fist. Please. Specifically, the frontline workers, our servers in the restaurants, our bartenders. Uh, if you've ever heard of Taste of Cocoa or uh, sure. Taste my of Austin. My wife definitely follows Taste of Cocoa. Very popular, very big food blogger. And can we just take one of the OGs, and I would say, in in food blogging in the city? Absolutely. Uh, it started on Reddit, and people are absolutely pissed at uh, Taste of Cocoa and are coming out with their specific experiences, like this Redditor saying, these food bloggers, in quotes, are ruining Austin. I'm in the service industry, and every interaction I've had with them, specifically her, she's either been rude, entitled, standoffish, and gets absolutely upset and throws a fit if she doesn't receive her meal for free. Well, you know what? Welcome to Food Critics. <laughs> that has always that's always been a thing. But no, it, it, it absolutely hasn't. I mean that in a bad way, that there's been the give me my meal for free and comp my friends and I'll write a good review about you in the newspaper. Oh, yes, there was there like, somebody that used to be in the city like that did that. That's and, always kind of been the vibe and stuff like that. Yeah, I used to call that guy out, actually. And listen, at, at its heart, that's that's what a food critic or now a food blogger, Instagram or TikTok influencer, that's what they're supposed to do. And that's how I think they start is uh, be organically careful. going to places and being like, hey, this is good food. I like this place. The because- idea of being a food critic is that you, had a, you, were, you were writing under a, uh, an arc of ethics that you were supposed to have. Because you you're a journalist. You pay for everything. Uh, you don't announce that you're there because you're trying to be anonymous. So you're not getting special attention over anyone else. Yes. And you're trying yes, to be yes, helpful yes, yes. in your criticism. You're not just supposed to go, this place sucked. You're supposed to say, these are the things that were disappointing and here's why. And you've got to be anonymous. That is absolutely the number one thing. Being a food celebrity is something completely different. R- ultimately, you want to get paid to go to all these openings. Yes. You want to be at the out. That's what you're trying well, to do. That's That was where I was going is, is initially, if you're an Instagrammer that covers food, you start out. And you get a following by finding cool, unique, really good places that no one knows about. Then you get your following, and then let's say C.J. Morgan opens the House of Organ Meats. I'm going to go to Taste of Austin and say, hey, I'm opening my new restaurant. We'd like to invite you to the soft open. So that's one thing. You get invited to all the cool, free, soft open things. The next level of that is you want to hire them as a brand ambassador. They have 100,000, a million followers, whatever. Right. I'm going to pay them money to cover my restaurant on their Instagram and say, wow, it's really good here. I love this place. Y'all should check it out. The shady thing is, is legally you're supposed to put ads, sponsored. The you're FCC to, says you're supposed to. You're supposed to, to disclose, disclose you're getting paid. Most people don't. You don't. The problem what's happening now is a lot of these people are expecting that when they go to a place, they should get taken care of. 
and it happens get in their city stuff for free. after city where you'll find that uh, places that have like one of these um, glamping locations will just say, "Hey, we're not taking any more Instagrammers. We're not taking any more influencers. You come I mean, here." South Park you, did a whole Yelp you, episode you ask, on you it. You ask for too much, and we're done with you. Yeah, it's, it's annoying. It's no longer helpful to us, and um, I don't think that's the right of, of each individual business. You have to figure out who you're getting in bed with. You also, know? don't be don't be crappy to the servers. Like that's the number one like person you want to be in with if you're doing this sort of thing are your bartenders your servers you want them to get excited when they see you come in so it's like oh i know that's uh her let's hey make sure to slip her a nap like you want to be cool with those people but dude this went off on reddit then it started going off on these like private server facebook groups but coco i believe the name is uh she's not the only one to be getting online there's another food instagram blogger hack internet personality that is pissing people off by actually doing a good job. Uh, we're going to come back and talk about that in 10 minutes on the CJ Morgan Show. Meet the jocks. Plan your weekend. 101x.com. Hey, the big game sweep. Brick. Uh, I'm trying to think of lots of things that you can say around uh, March and the big basketball thing that happens without saying the phrase you're not supposed to say. I don't want to dunk on you, but uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about getting some clear vision from Man Eye Institute, something every ref should do, right? That's right. Get that clear vision, refs, with the all-laser LASIK there at Man Eye Institute, and you'll score not two, but three points. Okay, good one. You good, like that one? Good basketball pun, but Thank we're not you. here. Again, uh, Man Eye Institute is the place to go when it comes to laser LASIK. They've been doing it in Texas for over 40 years. Matt, you've had it. You've waited forever and then finally did it, just like my fiance. And it's like, why did I wait? Quit waiting. Don't it's, wait. It's so silly because uh, do you know that getting a, a consultation is an absolute free throw? Yeah, it costs nothing just <laughs> to go talk to them. So you too. Uh, I have no more puns. Uh, I'm out get, of them hey, too. Get off the bench and call <laughs> 800 My Vision or visit maneye.com. People of Austin are fed up. They've had enough. No more of these damn Instagrammer food influencers. And there's another one that people are pretty upset about. We just talked about Coco from Taste of Austin, I believe it is, and uh, the issues with servers that are upset. They're posting on Reddit and in private Facebook groups. Well, there's another one that's actually exposing one of our, our golden secret little great corners. Uh, the David Douglas recently talked about the silver medal. And yeah, that's supposed to be our secret. One of a bar you introduced me to, and I've loved seeing it go through all its phases. Um, first, it was just, you know, kind of the owner and some sad dads. Then you had the regulars who lived in the neighborhood. Then you had like the scenester tattooed bro guys with jean jackets and long hair. And you're like, hey, what band are you? And they're like, how'd you know I was in a band? And now it's uh, the realtors and tech bros have found out about it uh, thanks to this Instagrammer. Do you want to call him? Posted about how great the silver medal is and how you can go there for cheap eat and drinks. And you brought this up yesterday on your other show. He didn't mention any of the cheap eats and drinks or I any think of the he specials. Did. I just don't think he did a good job of review, reviewing the place. And I got in a long discussion. I Look, I want people to go to silver medal because my buddy owns it. And those are my friends that work there. I want them to get t- huge tips. I want them to get wealthy, right? Yeah. No one's going to get wealthy in the bar business, but you know what I mean, right? I want them to, to be able to pay their, a, their rent in this city. Um, I do think that there's an obligation to get some things right when you're doing this, but... 
you, when you don't have an editor and you don't have other, it's it's hard. It's uh, look, as as annoyed as we get about having program directors and bosses here, it helps us work harder at some things and get some things right. When there's accountability, and yes. sometimes you need someone to tell you, "Hey, man, that's a dumb idea. Don't right. do that." And what I've noticed are the two sides with the silver medal thing. Uh, the one side is people mad that like, dude, why are you telling everyone about this place? Like, come on. Like, it's our little jewel. It's our secret. And the other side is uh, you get a lot of these people that love these kitschy, fun food places. And this isn't for them. They go there and they're like, oh, the chairs are plastic and there's a hole punched in the wall in the toilet. And it's gross. They they get they're grossed out that it's a dive bar, even though they want no, that kitschy fun Austin dive bar thing. Some people want a dive bar that's decorated like a dive bar. Yes, or even, dude, it's the same as what is the Austin bar? I like silver metal because it's an actual dive bar, and by that mean, I mean it's disgusting. Dude, there was one I person. I say that with pride. It's disgusting. When you introduced me to it, there was one person there, the owner, that would bartend, and then he would have to go cook your burgers. Right. And if you were waiting for a drink, you had to wait 10 minutes until he was done. Right. Flipping the grill that he put right. in what used to be, what, what was clearly an office became the kitchen. Uh, the other part of it is, is yeah, you have these people that get upset because they think they want the dive bar experience. And a lot of people have wrote about, it's not low down. It's on South Congress. It's where the owner gets really mad and grumpy. Oh, GNS. GNS Lounge. Love it. All these people are like, it's one of the greatest dive bars ever. And then they go there and like, they were really mean and the locals wouldn't let us play pool and the owner kicked us out. And it's like, what did you expect? It's a real dive. They weren't even open. I once, it's a real dive bar. Uh, are we, can we have, a, do we have time? Yes, please continue. I once, you know how there's like, there's, there's, there used to be closed uh, circuit television at GNS. And so there were like five or six cameras in the parking lot, but it was the old school time kind on like a little small television and there was like the four up screen. Yeah. And I once watched the bartender slash owner beat the living snot out of someone who tried to steal a drink from behind the bar. Hell yeah. But he was going from one screen to the other. Does that make sense? Like you would see him disappear from one screen and then he would appear and everyone was watching this from inside. And then as he started walking back in, everyone was like, he's coming back. He's coming back. And quick, quick. Act. Everyone, everyone gets all straight. Everyone yeah. had Because you, you knew that you had, you basically had a dad in that bar. And if you acted up, your dad kicked you out and you didn't, didn't go back to like the bar. you, he kicked you out. And you know what? Like I, I lived kind of close to that place. Um, I got it. I didn't like it. I didn't like that vibe. It wasn't for everybody. So I, didn't, I didn't go there, Correct. but I'm I'm not expecting that it's going to be a tourist place where I get to have fun and laugh at the zany guy that runs the bar. That's going to it wasn't it wasn't for me. I I don't like. I used to not like going to Alamo Draft House because I thought I was going to get in trouble if my phone accidentally rang. <laughs> I don't like walking into a pressure situation, but I feel like a lot of these like people are just highlighting the the kind of like. You know what should be underground places in in Austin. There's a reason one of my favorite bars still smells like piss. It's you know, it's it's because it's supposed to be for me to get away from what was the West Six Realtors. Well, and now and I is think the, that you can cover that in a certain way where you say, "Hey, look, this is should be your expectations. This is what this place is," and you do a little more uh, nosing around and finding out exactly what the business is and and what the expectations are. And and sometimes that comes from having an editor. These folks don't have an editor, but it sounds like Reddit may soon become their editor. Congrats and and job well done. Jess Priles is joining us from Hardcore Carnivore and all sorts of delicious things. Jess, you you changed the game for me when it comes to me cooking steaks because I uh, attended one of your meat classes. Is that what it's called? That, this meat sure. school? Yeah, let's all do it. Right. Uh, meet you. I'm, I'm so happy I did that, and I want to thank you for so much. But I'm having you in because 
I'm starting to Instagram when I cook more. Just because it's like it can't just be puppies, and it can't, and it can't just be. I, me. I disagree. But. Well, see, it's two things: it's puppies and me angrily bitching about the internet. And so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna cook because some people like that. I love cooking, uh, but you, your meat class changed a lot of things for me. So well, we're gonna what? get to that. Okay. Uh, but first, I want to talk about your hardcore carnivore seasonings. You should. Because it's really cool when I'm visiting family in San Angelo or Amarillo or Houston, and they have this, and I'm like, I know who runs this. Yeah. And they're like, no, you don't. And I'm like, no, I got a picture of us together somewhere. Uh, but I want to ask you if I'm doing hardcore carnivore right. Okay. Because I do use it for seasoning, and you just brought me the Cajun. I do. That's a new which one. Which I'm excited about. You can get these. Dude, these are in Academy, too. H-E-B. Yes. Congra- that flavor is only in Academy, but it's also Barbecue Outfitters is a local store on 620. They have it. Uh, that Cajun flavor, I do want to say it is really delicious. It's also time forward, which is nice because a lot of people don't do that. Uh, I like it. I noticed that you have become much more of a Texan in your years here because I think in the old days you might have put some kind of heat level on this because that's got more of a bite than I thought it was going to have. Ooh. And you know what's really weird? I'm experimenting with a new super spicy one at the moment in R&D, and I keep saying, like, mm, it's not spicy enough. So I, th- I feel Get like more. I have texified my you taste You have texified nice. in that you're just like, you're like, oh, no, that that's just uh, like salt and pe- pe- pepper, basically. Yeah. It's got a nice bite. It's fantastic. Good. We used it recently uh, in some stuff we made. I use this all the time, mainly for popcorn. <laughs> it's really good, but uh, the problem... The problem I really have with hardcore carnivore, and I want to know if you can fix this or what I should do, is I like to lick my finger and dip it. Yeah. I get, my fiance gets so mad at me, but I lick and dip all your hardcore carnivores <laughs> so it gets like real crusty and like stuck together at the top. <laughs> so is there, should I put rice in it? Uh, okay. So How wait, do I keep do you the moisture dip? out? Of course he double do dips. Double Look dip? at him. Yes. Look at him. Yes. Okay. So I, my I'm, finger's still wet from the last... I don't want to waste. You go on Amazon and you buy a thousand popsicle sticks and you make them single use lick yeah. and dips. Oh. And then maybe you'll avoid some of that caking. Get, getting too much in there. What if yeah. you were to take a teaspoon and put it in a small bowl and then just do the dipping with that teaspoon's worth that day? That's not a bad idea. It's a great idea. Or, I, the or, problem is, is it's an addict behavior. I don't know when or where or how I'm going to do it. Well, I mean, not that I want to put you off the product, but what if you had just actually dip it, like just put a big wad of it in your lip and see how that yes. goes for you? I can do like the bandits or the Zen and put it in a little baggie. Yeah. That's genius. Because actually in elementary school, I used to take bags of spice like cumin and stuff and like put it in a little baggie and sell it to my friends and that's what we would do and my mom got pissed when she found out and i got in trouble at the school because i was put i was i started cutting it with flour to sell bigger bags and like you shouldn't be eating raw flour but i i'm gonna make a profit i'm gonna take hardcore carnivore and some tobacco blend them together and make dip tobacco that's delicious (laughs) anyhow uh to snacko yeah yeah now, before we get into your meat class again, which is why I brought you here, um, your texification is not yet complete. Will you say y'all? I say y'all. Okay, you do it perfectly, like seamlessly. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's wonderful. Um, actually, hey, we're going to come back and talk about meat class because I wasted this time talking about how I... You dip hey, spices? You dip how spices. I dip your spices with that. Dude, I get in trouble because if uh, we, we were last using the turkey seasoning yeah. around Thanksgiving, because it's also really good if you have leftovers to like butter a pan and then put a little bit of the Ooh. hardcore carnivore turkey on the white meat that no one wants and sear it. Nice. And my fiance went to do that and she's like, it's all caked together because <laughs> you've been licking it. <laughs> hey, as long as you're not snorting it. Ooh, that's gets in quicker. Right uh, we'll be back with Jess Prowls in just a moment.
Just Prowse is joining us. Um, as I tell people, uncles, family members, when they have hardcore carnivore seasoning in their uh, pantry, I say, I knew her before. She was super famous. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, and we're lucky to have you come in. I'm also lucky to have attended your meat class, and you changed my game when cooking steaks, and uh, it is your catchphrase. Will you share that with us? Oh, you've put me on the spot. I've got just so many. Just keep flipping oh, it. Oh, the just keep flipping method, of course. Absolutely, yeah. because people will ask me, like, what are you doing? Like, you're supposed to let it sit there. And I'm like, nope, just keep flipping it every minute. Trust I, I love going and looking at your comments in your Instagram account. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But I love how many people tell you, no, that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. Uh, we should say you are an actual meat scientist. Yeah, you're you, not just... You, exactly. You're not just an Instagram influencer. You are. You run a business and you went to school and got a degree in meat. Yeah. Which is and a weird thing to say that someone's a meat scientist because it sounds like a weird way of calling you a whore. Uh, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Hardcore carnivore. Only my close meat friends scientist. call me a whore. Jeez. Uh, um, no, it's it's. I, I have done the work, right? Like I've done the research. Do the research. Done the research. I've done the work. I've done the education, and I think that that's. That sort of sets sets things apart these days. Well, and yeah. it just it you really know what you're talking about. It makes it better. I've had so many people thank me for sharing that with them, and then I have to shamefully, maybe not shamefully, I'm proudly say like, oh, uh, Jess Pryles did it. You should check her out. Like thank that's when, you. when when I'm kind of talking about it. But the other thing that I don't know if I, I picked this up from your meat class. I was very much like I put charcoal on and I cook it, and I know when it's done. I started using a thermometer, and it changed everything changes for me. Everything. It changed everything when, using when a damn class? thermometer. I don't have a meat class currently on the schedule, but okay. I, I am going to be at Live Fire, which is a bit, if you want to taste my food, I'm okay. cooking there in April. But, uh, you know, the thermometer is just the easiest way instead of guessing or doing the whole, like, palm It completely changed thing. how I cook stuff. I went out and got the same thermometer that whatever that one's called with it bends. The thermopen? The thermopen, whatever, yeah. And it's completely changed how I cook everything, my wife and, and, and I included. So it thank you for that. Have you met? steak since then no no and see that's the difference is if you've cooked it long enough and you have a dad or grandpa that did it you kind of know how to eye it but they're different when just was like cuts are hey, different things it makes it when she was like hey get this 80 dollar thermo thermo whatever i was like that's insane i'm not gonna spend that kind of guess what I've I no longer have ruined steaks, so I've saved. I've ended up saving yeah. a ton of money That's by having this. That's what I say this, to people. I think about how expensive meat is, and know that you're never going to mess up another steak. And also, if you're not that confident, it also helps with things like chicken because you know you're at a safe temp. So with chicken and pork, you can pull it as soon as it's safe, which means you're not going to dry it out. As an, if you have friends that are amateur smokers and you do have a pink line, <laughs> that's supposed to be there. It's not just because it's raw. Uh, the other thing I, I really want to thank you for is actually when choosing cuts of steaks, because uh, I've always just been a Walmart meat man, and it's fine because I would just I would make a crust and put a little bit of sugar in it, and I would really marinate, so it tasted fine. But you taught me to get better steaks and then what was exciting is you had some uh in the class i took this was years ago you had some uh, butchers from h-e-b mm -hmm. and y'all talked about a little secret and i want you to share that with us is sometimes they don't label the meat right like it's supposed to be prime or a higher rating but when we're going to buy a steak or a cut of specifically steak what should we look for that we know and i guess it's the marbling that that makes it Better. 100%. So it is always labeled right because that's an independent operator and, and USDA inspector. That oh, gives but the, the HEB guys say this inspector sometimes. They this, mess, it's subjective. They're this human. should be rated higher Correct. than what it's at. That's Correct. what I meant. Okay. So there are lots of different choice steaks out there that really could have rated prime. It's just that 
the you only judge the entire carcass by one cut, right? So what you want to look for is marbling, which we talked about being those little seams of fat that are actually in the steak itself, not just on the edge. Yeah, Mom, contrary to popular belief, that's what makes a good steak. It is. Well, I used to. I also used to think way back in the day when I had no idea what I was buying. I just wanted it to be sort of more red solid without the white stuff in it. But the white stuff is the fat, and the it's fat what is makes the And you've also said, hey, uh, learn a little bit and then trust yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's a good way to do it. At Jess Prowls on Instagram, by the way. Not just learning from someone who enjoys, is passionate about it, but actually has a meat degree. We're going to come back uh, and discuss something we were talking about earlier. Austin's food influencers and kind of get someone who's actually the real deal's take on it. Hang around. We're back with our friend at Jess Prowls on Instagram, meat scientist, proprietor of Hardcore Carnivore, which you can get at all your academies, H-E-B, and uh, an actual real, we were talking about food influencers and all that kind of grift in Austin, but uh, what I I consider to be the real deal. When it comes to knowing about food, specifically meat. I want to ask you about something, because we were talking about it earlier, this, uh, and I don't want to bring you into a big argument if you don't want to be in there, but uh, we were <laughs> talking about basically like food food uh, influencers, okay? Yeah. And it's a space that gets con- maybe confusing for you. You're somebody who's, a, I would say, is more of an teacher than an influencer is the way you use I'd like to think the, that. the internet I mean you do have one space for hardcore carnivore that's a brand that you have sure. but Jess Prowls I think also just teaches us a lot about cooking and being better cooks and then also caring more about where our meat comes from and dispelling a lot of myths I noticed that you kind of really enjoy tearing into influencers who have put out complete and total BS, and you love tearing into why they're full of it. It's a fun pastime. I've had to relax on that a little bit in terms of not unleashing my full fury. Yeah. Just because, you know, you'll get a million trolls back that way. But I I think that we are in a time right now, whether it's about food influencers or any kind of influencers, where everybody's a creator, which means that everybody is an expert, because you need to be talking from some area of expertise more than just opinion. And very few people have anything to back that up, especially because now it's so easy to get a big following that it's not like you even have to work hard on years and years of content to get there. You can have one viral video and it can go from there, which means that yeah. suddenly you're trapped in like, oh, i got to put more out, got to put more out, and I wasn't even really sure what I was doing. I better get good at this quickly. And it's the same thing, discussion we have about critical thinking, you know, and questioning your sources. I just, I think we're being served so much information. Yeah. Well, and, I and really it's, appre- frust- it's frustrating arguing with people about it because I have a degree in journalism. I have a degree in history. You have a degree in meat. Like, when it comes to certain things, it's like, I kind of know what I'm talking about. And it's like, no, that's not true. And it's like, you get that a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I did an interview the other day with a full-on journalist from Britain, and he's like, and we, and I said something off the record, and he said, "Oh, can we go back on the record now?" Like even something like that, of people not understanding of like there, there well, is there's a something code called of basic integrity. ethics yes. and how we communicate, and I think that there is a lot of space in the internet to where they, let's at least call it a gray ethics can become kind of gray and blurry for some sure. folks uh, because Just like really meat from Walmart <laughs> hey. hey you you want sorry okay. i had a um, stroke, stroke moment yeah d sorry now i'm going to do the thing where i get embarrassed for a second and Don't then be. i'll come back to talk is, to you this is why i pre-record i do this all the time though like in real life and i didn't have a stroke i'm not kidding it's i wanted to ask you about something that's going to just go away now okay is it did you forget it 
no, it was before the gray thing. You were talking about ethics, and we yeah. were talking about how everyone, no one needs a degree, and everyone just prepent, prepares okay, to be an I think expert. Just, well, you you've done a good job, I think, of dispelling some of these myths too about like that. Well, one that, of being gray meat, gray meat, gray meat, or that the package is filled with blood, and you're like, that's not blood. It's you've taught myoglobin. me it's myoglobin. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's a really good thing to teach consumers, especially people who are looking to save some money or look at their budgets. You've been very smart about that. And you've also taught people how to splurge better. Hey, if you are going to splurge, here's a better place to splurge. You'll enjoy it more. You'll get more for your <laughs> yeah, dollar. You, you might right? not want to do an A5 Wagyu if you've never spent 100 plus on that, if you've never cooked it before. Yeah, yeah you don't right? want to like, mess that up. Now, yeah. Also, the last thing I will say, and I will let everybody out there know that one of the fun things to do is to follow Jess Pryles uh, on Instagram is where I follow you. Hey, you make great and content. I, you. I, my favorite still is the content comment threads because you are in what I would call a traditionally male dominated space. It's Very butchery, accurate. it's raising cattle, and it is uh, it's being on the grill. Well, it's yep. never those guys it's, that question. Those guys, like as I learned from your meat class, the the butchers, the guys that raise cattle, they respect you. They yeah. respect it's other yeehaws the, that go. Listen, listen here, darling. Yeah. You're doing, and I love to watch that happen in real time because you come with the receipts, girl, and uh, it's a very enjoyable thing to watch happen. Thank you. You love when Billy Bob gets on there and is like, well, let me tell you how we used to That's do it. I used do. to try to you chime in, too, and I realized, oh, I don't need to chime in. I just need to sit back and relax. Here she comes. And Grab the popcorn <laughs> enjoy. the carnival. Uh, let's get to the brass tacks, the most important last thing okay. uh, that we need to know besides getting your hardcore carnivore cage and now at Academy. That's how you do in radio. That's what I, I learned. I love it. Uh, when when do we know when meat's bad? It's, is the smell test still good? Like I, this is my problem. I'll buy a four pack of prime steaks because it's uh it's cheaper that way. Sure, I'll cook two, but then two I either leave. I don't like freezing them like my dad Why? does. Uh, I just because in my mind I'm gonna cook it that week. Okay, but a week will go by, and a little time when. Does the smell test work, or when should I know my meat's bad? You, I, I say you always judge by smell, not color. So there's a whole bunch of okay, different good, color good. changes that meat can go through from brown to purple to whatever. Also, which way it's sitting, blood or the myoglobin will go to one side or it the other. It hasn't been exposed to oxygen. What kind of environment is it in? What kind of packaging is it in? The one thing that you can rely on is smell. So if it smells kind of like like a little funky, but you can get in there and really give it a good sniff, you're good. If when meat is bad and you smell it, you'll you will know. Recoil yeah. Like in your disgust. husband actually likes the meat when it's gotten a little bit of the funk, right? Yeah, you, I mean with you that guys kind of like mustache. all that called dry age. Yeah, they do all that aging, and you like a little bit of the. Whoa. No, he eats raw hamburger. <laughs> like he will walk past the kitchen, I've got ground meat there, and he'll be like, "Ooh," and just like hunk off a big chunk and whack it in his mouth. That is an iron stomach. Yeah. I, I He's got some parasites. I'm quite convinced. Uh, everybody should be following Jess Pryles. It's P R. Y L E S. And thanks for coming and hanging with us. Thank Appreciate you. the uh, the spice that I'll now start dipping. No worries. Happy meat cooking. Today we issue a correction because they issued a correction. Greetings, listener. It is now time for weird or wired. Is it weird or is it wired? It's got to be pretty damn weird if we're already we're making mistakes and issuing corrections. But that's what proper journalists do, Matt. We issue corrections. We clarify the record. Uh, okay, I guess you could say that. Uh, yesterday, we talked about uh, Wendy's new uh, surge pricing. Yeah, uh, kind of the same as like Uber or Lyft, where yes. as the demand goes up during certain peak hours, uh, the Baconator will cost more, 
When they're slower, it'll cost less. Yes. Uh, the folks from Wendy's came out and said, no, 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 we never said that. We, we, we never said that. We said dynamic pricing. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. When they re-explained it, basically they, basically they came out and they realized, oh, there's a whole lot of pushback about the idea that something might be more expensive. And they yeah. said, no, we will never charge more when it's busy. We just want to have dynamic pricing. So it's and, cheaper later on. Well, somebody said, so what does that mean exactly? And they said, you know, dynamic. It sounds good for marketing. <laughs> Surge sounds gross. Yeah, I. they, they basically said we're not going to raise prices. We don't know where that came from. Um, but what's weird is the story came out. It got a little heated. It went away. Uh, Wendy's didn't say anything. Then it got really heated. Then Wendy's finally said something. I don't know exactly what's going on. But what we do know is that anybody who's going to try to do anything new with uh, AI and electronics and end server, uh, the end service with customers is going to have a lot, I think, a lot of these same hiccups. We're going to see it not just from Wendy's, but a lot of other organizations. They're going to try to do the exact same thing. And I don't mean that nefariously. I think this could bring a lot of benefit to consumers. Sure. I think it's a good idea, especially in benefit to the restaurants, because they can stay open longer if they're making more money during the, the dead hours. Yeah, That's well, why the places other, have happy hour. I mean, could, it, something as simple as you could eventually just have – um, a very thin, lightweight menu that comes out to that's electronic, but it could be updated from the kitchen so that when specials are gone, the server doesn't have to leave your table, go back, come back to you and go, I'm sorry, they're all out of that. And then Dude, you order something else and then I they go wish, back. Do you remember when you were a server? we had tablets, yeah, back then. Write it down, repeat it back. Right. Also, tablets, very heavy and chunky. Hopefully they'll be rolling something up. But like, I guess what I'm saying is, Technology is going to start getting in deeper and deeper in our lives. We just happen to be in the crappy generation where we have to be all the first adopters, and we have to go through a lot of the process. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little disappointed that an invention that started with Taco Bell has yet to come to fruition. They the only... Enchirito? No, that too, man. Uh, but they they were changing the way the restaurant kind of worked and how it was only one franchise that, or one uh, specific location of a certain franchise that tested it out and it was hailed to be the future of fast food it was highly efficient maximized the employees and uses and what it was it was like a bank so you drove underneath the wendy's in this case you ordered your food on the app or you ordered at a window like usual but then up was where they did all the making did all the stuff and it would just tube down to you and then they had it to where it could the lines could change into multiple lines you could fit more space into the place because the restaurant was above where the Correct. where the cars were and it just looked so efficient and great and I was like man that is that is a place to do it but then you don't know if uh, you can't see I like when I order my food from Taco Bell or Wendy's I like to see the person that took my order and is preparing it Oof. I like them to look me in the eyes that way they feel a little bit of guilt no. for knowing they spit in my food no I want them to be like oh man he's that's a human. like I know that's like knowing your knowing your murderer as they're as they're cutting your I'd throat. want it I don't to look want me in the eyes so these 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 little beams will always haunt you no but there you go Wendy's is not doing surge pricing right they're not that's gonna a do surge pricing remember they're doing dynamic, dynamic pricing. pricing did you know yeah, let's get back to the fact I was talking about earlier to start off our learning segment. Uh, did you know in 1973, Mao Zedong told Henry Kissinger China had a surplus of women and offered the U.S. 10 million Chinese women? Um, Kissinger's been known to be quite an evil man for many different reasons, but I guess he declined. Okay, good. Or 
maybe it wasn't even real? That's, that's a very know. bizarre fact. Yeah. Really weird. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Genghis Khan? Uh, Genghis, yes, or okay. Timujin was his uh, name. Well, do you know that Genghis Khan stuff all these nuts in your mouth? <laughs> Khan, <laughs> you stuff all these. <laughs> yeah, okay. gotcha. Hey, Come did on, you man. know? You know I love uh, bold crime. That's always been one of my favorite things in here. Bold crime. In 2012, in the Czech Republic, a gang uh, stole something public to sell for scrap metal. Uh, okay. What was that something? I mean, it, a statue. Like, that's what you would like think. Like a copper bronze statue, that's sure, bold, right? Uh, no radio tower. I know that's been happening a lot. They stole a bridge, a ten-ton <laughs> metal bridge. They stole uh, an entire bridge. They dismantled it. That's right. They put it in the back of a car, uh, and and they took an entire bridge and sold it off for scrap metal. Dude, that's hilarious. That's a lot. I used to work at a metal yard. That is a lot of work. That's a lot of and work. Metal's not as worth as much as it used to be, unfortunately. I just love like no one thought to go. Hey, hey, uh, guys. I noticed none of you were wearing those safety vests. Uh, are you sure you're supposed to be taking this bridge away? You know how they got Al Capone because of uh, Rico, because of taxes. Essentially, right. that's they. They're like, man, we can't prosecute him on anything else, but it was taxes. What if that's how they got these guys? Was because of OSHA laws. <laughs> not not because of theft, but they were like, oh, they they weren't wearing the proper Hard helmets. Yeah, when yeah, they, they were... didn't they didn't have a spotter when they were towing. <laughs> that that would be uh, re- really interesting. Let's uh let's find out some more fun things. Uh, did you know? Uh, you're an ancient Egyptian fan who's not. Have you heard of King Ramses? How about a Ramses? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Come on, man. Uh, King Ramses the second. Uh, built a statue with precise accuracy that was illuminated by the sun only twice a year on February 22nd to coincide with his coronation and again on October 22nd to coincide with his birthday. Uh, That statue was also pilfered and stolen and used to to make recyclable materials, money. Oh, man. Yeah. I think part of it still exists, though. But, hey, doing the same thing. Back in ancient Egypt times as we are now. Well, one last one. Give us one more, man. Did you know there is something called Welwitschia mirabilis? It's a rare plant in Namibia and Angola. May these ballas fit in your... It is incredibly rare, and you would think poachers would have gotten rid of it by now, but it's actually quite protected in Angola. Due to years and years of civil war, the area where it's endemic to now is so concentrated with landmines... Uh, poachers and collectors can't get close to it. So it's actually being able to thrive and is going to save itself because, because of man's inhumanity to inhumanity to man through, through, through other, landmines. Yeah. Hey, how about I land my nuts and get it? I land my nuts. Ah, that, hey, we're coming up with new ones. We'll save them for Spencer when he gets back from being sick. We'll just a barrage.